Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Here you go. Here you go. Pick her upper. It's the picker-upper, nothing personal word of the day. Picker-upper. It's the quick picker-upper. I'm talking about bounty. Who's not talking about paper towels during quarantine? It's like you discovered gold. And I never really was a big fan of brands, the difference between bounty and any other brands. But let me tell you something. Bounty works. I had to get some absolutely horrifically unsatisfyingly good paper towels when I was in a crunch, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks ago, four or five weeks ago. And you have to use like five paper towels compared to one bounty. It really is the quicker picker, the quicker picker upper. Why is that my word of the day? What am I doing? This is nothing personal. It is Friday, May 15th. And we're talking about bounties. I hope you saw this because this is a story that is small. It's going to get larger and then it's going to grow even more, and then it's going to go because something's going to have to give. There's an old player from the Pittsburgh Steelers. His name is James Harrison. For a reason unbeknownst to anyone, including the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, whose name is Art Rooney, and the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, whose name is Mike Tomlin, James Harrison gave an interview where he said that when he gave a helmet-to-helmet hit, on a player named Mohamed Massaqua and was then subsequently fined $75,000 by the NFL that Mike Tomlin gave him an envelope, gave him an envelope and left it at that. He actually said, He did a whole quote, I got to tell you. Listen, everything I love on my daddy's grave, I hit that man with about max 50% of what I had. And I just hit because I wanted him to let loose of the ball. If I had known they were going to find me 75 grand, I would have tried to kill him, dude. I'm telling you, 75, I ain't going to lie to you. When that happened, right? The greatest thing Mike Tomlin ever did, he handed me an envelope after that. I ain't going to say what, but he handed me an envelope after that. And it has created quite a stir. Why? Because an envelope with money to actually hit a player, that's called Bounty Gate. Hence, the quicker picker-upper. Hence, Bounty, word of the day. But wait, it became a story. So James Harrison said, Rutro, I better do something. I better possibly get out there 
and maybe give another point of view. Okay, what do you have to say now? Quote, brand new, hot off the presses. That's an old expression. That's for people when newspapers actually got printed on printing presses, you'd say hot off the press. It's now hot off Coca's fingertips. Wow. You all really comparing what I said to Bounty Gate? Mike T has never paid me for hurting someone or trying to hurt someone or put a bounty on anybody. If you knew the full story of what happened back then, you'd know that BS fine for a legal play wasn't even penalized during the game. The league was getting pressure because the first concussion lawsuits were starting and they had to look like they cared about player safety all of a sudden. Oh, wow, is he digging himself a deeper hole. Before that, they'd been selling a photo of that same play for $55 on the NFL website with other videos of the NFL's greatest hits that the league profited on back then. When the league had to start pretending like they cared about players' safety. All right, James, I'll keep, I got it. Do I, Coco, do I got to keep, I got it. Oh, I, I, I'm speechless. He's trying to improve his narrative with this quote. All right, let me continue. When the league had to start pretending they cared about player safety, they took all those things down off their website and they started fining guys ridiculous amounts for the same plays they used to profit off of. Everybody knew it. Even these same media people and all the fans, that meant who, who were sending money to me and the team to cover the fine. Again, capitalized, at capitalized, no time capitalized, did Mike T ever capitalize, suggest anybody hurt anybody or that they'd be rewarded for anything like that. G-T-F-O-H with that B-S. Good foe with that bus. I'm not sure why you end a post with good foe. I'm going to have to look that up. My guess is that's an acronym. G-T-F. Oh, I get it. That's get the blank out of here. All right. Well, I'm not going to get out of here, James, because I got a question for you. Do you think that we're going to believe this statement or your original story that you actually told when you were on a pod? Now, is it possible you'd been drinking or is it possible you'd been smoking? I'm not going to cast dispersions. I have no idea where you sound mind or body. I'm going to assume that you were. Then I'm going to further assume that you were asked a question when you were giving an interview and you told the exact truth about something that had actually happened. And you enjoyed the fact that you were giving a bit of an interesting scoop-a-loop, which is you got an envelope from Mike Tomlin. But you didn't realize that in this day of social media, when people actually pay attention to what athletes, former athletes, relevant athletes, no longer relevant athletes, athletes who want to become relevant again, athletes who have no chance of ever becoming relevant again, even when they try to make news. When those kind of athletes speak, people are listening. So EF Hutton took a listen, and guess what? They came to the same conclusion I do, which is why my word of the day was picker-upper. Because do I believe that Mike Tomlin handed you an envelope? I do. Do I believe there was $75,000 of cash in that envelope? I don't. You can't fit $75,000 of cash in a normal white letter-sized envelope. It would have to be one of the larger manila envelopes, or even maybe a tiny little satchel or one of those zippered banking bags that you'd find in the box office of every team back when fans were actually walking up to the windows and buying tickets with cash. So no, I don't believe he handed you a white envelope. But what I do believe is that it was very clear to him that the hit you were giving to Muhammad, you had reckless indifference and you've admitted it in your quote of yesterday. 
for 75 grand, I would have tried to kill him. Thanks, James. That's making you look so much better. When we had players, we absolutely made sure that we had players hitting other players as part of baseball. We would pay the fines for players when we instructed players to do things, not with an envelope, but we would do it. If they did it wrong, we would not do it. You don't throw at somebody's head. You don't throw in a situation unless we give you the sign to throw at that exact situation. In football, Bounty Gate was real. And you have now confirmed for me what we all already knew, James, that for 75 grand, you would have tried to kill him. Do you mean a $75,000 fine? What if someone gave you $75,000 in profit? What would you have done for that? That's what the NFL is trying to make sure doesn't happen. You earn enough money that you should not be paid extra to try to hurt someone. And then you come on Instagram and you say just now, trying to, with consultation with your agent, with your PR people, with your family, with your friends, all of whom said, man, you look like a jackass if you don't say something new today. Let's wordsmith and workshop a response. And you come up with this where you call out the NFL and say, hey, they don't care about player safety because they want to profit off it. And do you now think that Mike Tomlin is going to step out of his silence and say, James, thank you so much for clarifying. I couldn't agree more with what you said today. Or Art Rooney, your owner, who actually said, I'm very certain nothing like this ever happened. I have no idea why James James would make a comment like this, but there's simply no basis for believing anything like this. Now Art Rooney is going to read your statement from Instagram and say, hey, I just want to say that James Harrison is one of the great all-time Pittsburgh Steelers. I think of Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris. I think of Ben Roethlisberger, and I think of James Harrison. And his comments today confirm my views of him. I know that he would never engage in such an activity, and I know that he knows I would never engage in such an activity. James, you think Art's going to say that? When you have now given a statement where you are impugning the NFL and their motives, it's not smart, James. Well, the good news for you, James, is that not smart takes a back seat in the NFL today to the news right here in South Florida, because in Florida, this is where all the shit happens. DeAndre Baker and Quinton Dunbar, there is an arrest warrant issued for them. Let me tell you who they are. Let me tell you what they did. Let me tell you what I would do. And let me tell you the problem the NFL has and the problem the Giants have. DeAndre Baker is a, excuse me one second. I'm doing a show. I got to go by. Sorry, had to take that, but I was quick about it at least. DeAndre Baker is a New York Giants. The Giants traded two or three picks in the draft to get to the first round to draft DeAndre Baker, cornerback, defensive back, supposed to be a big part of their present future. Quinton Dunbar, another Miami kid, just signed by the Seahawks, played for the Redskins, just did an introduction with the Seahawks, just now saying, hey, my name's Quentin Dunbar, and I'm happy to be here, and I'm going to be an important part of this community. I'm going to give you everything I got. Well, on Wednesday night, he took everything that wasn't his. It's pretty unbelievable, the story here. 
DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar were going to a party. I'm not sure what kind of party. Just to be fair, party? Party. The only party I have is with myself. But they were at a house. They were at a party. What do you bring to a party? Loaded guns. It's the first thing you learn when you're 16 years old. You don't go to a party with a loaded gun. Hard to imagine. They stole money. They stole watches, property. These are NFL players with firearms, allegedly. Now, innocent till proven guilty. I'm in. We've talked about it nothing personal. These two men are innocent till proven guilty. They get the benefit of the doubt where the state of Florida will have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that these men were at this party with loaded firearms or firearms at all, and they were assaulting and stealing property. Felony burglary. We're talking prison time, not jail time. Prison, as in over a year, see you later. This is not a small situation. When you get charged with armed robbery and aggravated assault, you have a problem. And this was Wednesday night in Florida. And Quentin Dunbar... He's then talking about what a part of the community is. And what about the Giants, the New York Giants? We are aware of the situation. We've been in contact with DeAndre. We have no further comment at this time. Hey, uh, what's the, oh, Coca for crying out loud. Is it Joe Judge? Is that the name, the coach you wanted all character guys? Joe Judge. Hey, uh, bring, 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 bring. DeAndre, it's Joe. Coach? Uh, DeAndre, listen to me. Uh, I just saw on the InterGoogle that there's a 14-page arrest warrant with your name on it and that you were at a party with a gun and stealing watches and... What? Uh, Coach, I, I really... I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have nothing to say. Uh, DeAndre, you know that we released Jenkins. What's the first name, Coca? Javoris? Janoris? We talked about it, nothing personal. We had Janoris Jenkins call someone a retard, and we cut him the next day. DeAndre, I talk about character every day. We're building a unit here. What are you doing? Uh, I, I, Coach, I just can't comment right now. I, I'm done. And by the way, what are you going to say? Because I got my agent here who would really like you to just say that you spoke to me, but you have no further comment. Joe Judge said, hey, I'm a first-year coach. Is he a first-year coach? Coca, first or second year coach. Can't even remember Joe Judge. I feel like it's been so long since the NFL. He's just starting his career. First year coach. He said, sure, we'll say that. So Joe Judge calls up president, Mara family, the owners. Says, all right, we got a situation here. What do you want to do? The owner says, well, is DeAndre Baker good? Well, you know, he's our first round pick. We traded a bunch of guys to get him. I, I really don't think we can cut him right now. Um, Joe, what do you think? Well, Joe, I don't think we got to cut him. I mean, Jenkins said retard. I mean, that that is bad. You can't do that. It's a mentally challenged person. That's what you have to say. But Joe, what about the guns and the stealing? This is like a crime, isn't it? Listen, I got big news for you. We have no comment. That's all we have to say. Call the PR guy. Put him a statement together. Just say we're aware of the situation. We've been in contact with DeAndre. By the way, did you ask, Joe, did you ask DeAndre whether he was there or whether he did it? No. Why would I ask him that? I don't want to know the answer to that. Who's operating this team? 
He needs to be cut right now. See you later. Is he innocent until proven guilty? Yeah, that's the legal system. In my system, I want to show character and I want to show that we want the right people represent the Giants logo, the way we want to play on and off the field. Goodbye, DeAndre. You're telling me that this kid is going to throw away his life? All the character issues he had, there was a big issue of character when he was drafted, as you guys may recall. I guess it was true. All GMs try to convince you character doesn't mean anything. Oh, he did drugs. He smoked pot. Who cares? And who doesn't smoke weed at 12 o'clock on a Friday? Come on. It's normal. Just draft him. We need him. He's going to be great. This guy can hit for power. He can hit for average. He's got all five tools. What a left arm he has. I know he did a few drugs. It's fine. We're going to take care of him. Yeah, he's probably not a good guy, but don't worry. It's not really smart. It doesn't work out. We had a player back in the day. Coca, I never even told you about this player. We had a player named Milton Bradley. Milton Bradley played for us when we were with the Expos, and we wanted to trade Milton Bradley to the Dodgers for Eric Gagne. This is before Eric Gagne became a closer. He was a failed fifth starter. You can look him up. He's an old player for the Dodgers, one of the great closers of all time, one of the great steroid users of all time. And fine by me. Hey, come on over, Eric. We need a closer for the Expos. And we wanted to trade Milton Bradley, who was a five-tool player, really good player, just someone we wanted to be good, except he was a major character problem, major anger issues, always had an issue in terms of the clubhouse, on the field, off the field, just a big concern where at some point, my favorite expression stands, the juice is no longer worth the squeeze. And with someone like DeAndre Baker, He's running out. Literally, he is running out of juice. We're down to the pulp. How this ends is that there's going to be further comments by the NFL and the Giants. They are going to get information because the Miramar police here in South Florida will make an arrest. They have a 14-page affidavit online which says exactly what happened. This will not be pled down to a misdemeanor. This is not a small deal. On nothing personal, we've gone through a lot of different arrests by players, and we've said, hey, uh, that's going to plead down like the Antonio Brown situation. That's not going to be a felony. It's going to be maybe a misdemeanor, maybe a violation. Maybe they'll just forget about it. When you read what Baker and Dunbar did, you know, immediately, this is not when you're a team that you can just say, we have no comment. And the NFL just said, we're aware of the matter. We have no further comment at this time. You just can't do that during this time right now in this century with this level of social media. I'm not even talking about pandemic. I'm just talking about what leagues need to do to run a league and what teams need to do. You've got to be able to comment right now and say, we do not accept this type of behavior. We will not accept this from a player, from an employee, from a staff member, from a coach, from a scout, from a marketing executive, period. This doesn't mean that we are saying he's guilty. This means that we are not going to employ anyone who is even accused. And I'm going to get ripped for this. But just hear me out. The legal system in the United States has many issues. One of them, we all know that innocent people are found guilty. Innocent people are charged with crimes they didn't commit and then found innocent. Innocent people are charged with crimes they didn't commit and then found guilty. Guilty people are sometimes arrested and found guilty or found guilty people are arrested and found innocent. Sometimes guilty people are not arrested at all. It is a full gamut, right? That is our legal system. That is our judicial system. That is our constitution. I get it. But when I'm running a business, 
I have the right to make certain decisions based on what I think is right for my business. The NFL has got to get into the character business. They can't be known to have players who folly in the domestic abuse arena, whether convicted or not. They can't have players who are accused or have firearms and go to houses and brandish those firearms to steal property. And if, in fact, it wasn't DeAndre Baker or Quinton Dunbar, what would you do if there were an article tomorrow? I'm going to use me, forget you, not forget you, I love you. Without you, there is no nothing personal. Tomorrow's paper has an article that says, David Sampson, there's a rest warrant for David Sampson for going into a house with a gun and stealing jewelry and cash. Someone would call me, probably Coca, because he's on the interweb all the time. So am I. Do you think that I would just say, I have no comment? Do you think I'd stay quiet? A, I'd get a lawyer. B, I would say, you got the wrong guy. I wasn't even close. Literally, here I am. Here's my alibi. I have a phone. I've got radio shows. I've got nothing personal, whatever the case may be. I'm not standing by and being quiet. And CBS, I would not expect them to say, we have spoken to David and we have no further comment. No, I would expect them to say, we've spoken to David and he had nothing to do with this. And we 100% stand by him knowing that he was stuck at his house, not seeing anybody during this time of quarantine. They would come right out. The Giants, the team that I would work for if I were a player. Let's just take a player, one of our players. We would know about a player being arrested before the rest of the public would know. When Dontrell Willis got arrested, Scott Olson got arrested, or anybody gets arrested or investigated, we know what's happening. If we know from that player, let's just take a DUI, that that player was not home and that it wasn't actually him in the car, we're going to stand up and we're going to have a comment. And we're going to say that is an incorrect accusation. But when we speak to the player and we know the player was at a party, we know the player got pulled over and we know the player blew about a 0.25, we're going to say we have no further comment and we're going to let the justice system play out. That means that we can't say what we really want to say, which is, damn, we need to maybe release him or because he's good, we're going to say we're upset and we don't accept this type of behavior, but please come back and pitch in the next five days. I'd like to say I was always consistent. I really would, but that would not be truthful. And here on Nothing Personal, we are truthful. I was not always consistent. I was consistent inside the clubhouse with team rules but when it came to releasing players for things they did or employees for things they did, I would not be completely consistent. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. 
And Ramp Software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. So you want to talk to Joe Buck. Yeah, I know. It's so you want to talk to Samson, but this is about Joe Buck. And I love to talk to Joe Buck. I love when I do get to talk to Joe Buck. When you talk to Joe Buck... He has the same voice as his broadcast voice, which is not this. This is a horrible Friday after five shows of Nothing Personal and many other different appearances during the course of the week. My voice is completely shot, and I have a lump in my throat the size of a Wilson tennis ball, not a Wilson volleyball. Excuse me. So, Joe Buck, you talked to him, and he has this great voice that you just feel like you're watching the Marlins win the World Series. Happens to be a very engaging, nice guy. So you want to talk to Samson is when you get into my Twitter at David P. Samson. Get in there. Give me some DMs, please. I'll try to answer stuff. You guys have some really funny ones. This is a question about Joe Buck and whether or not he will get in trouble from Fox for saying that Fox is pumping crowd noise, fake crowd noise, into the stadiums for background for the broadcast of the NFL, should there be no fans. Thanks for asking that question. You asked it in a far better way. You just said, will Joe Buck get in trouble for his comments? But I had to, I know what you're talking about, but I have to tell the audience and listeners, if you're watching on YouTube or listening and downloading and subscribing, get yourself on Apple, please. I need a review because we're almost at the end of May. I think today is whatever, the day of May that's almost toward the end of May. And when we get to the end of May, I'm going to do an end of month mailbag pod where I'm going to answer all your questions. So the do you want to talk to Samson, those go in the DM on Twitter. I know this is not confusing. I can do a flowchart. I could share my screen, but I forgot to close all the tabs. Go to Apple, five-star, review, ask a question. I'll answer it. End of the month. So Joe Buck came out and did an interview. You know, I've given a lot of interviews, and I've said this before, in nothing personal and on different pods. You have to have your brain ahead of your mouth at all times. You have to know what you're saying before you say it or else you will get in trouble. And even when you're good enough to have your brain in front of your mouth, you're still going to have a moment when you're a little tired, when you're not on your game, when you're going to have a moment. I've had moments. There's no doubt about it. Joe Buck gave an interview and he said that Fox that's NFL, is going to pump in fake crowd noise and put virtual fans in the seats. And then it got a lot of attention. And the people at Fox said, listen, how about a little clarification? Second example of this show, by the way, of clarifications being required after initial comments are made. So Joe came back and said, okay, I got a clarification. I want to say that it's a blank canvas. We don't know for sure what we're doing, but we are working on something to make the auto audio visual experience for you, the fan, that much better. And it's an interesting thing to think about because there will not be fans in football stadiums when the football season starts, when it starts. We have to just know that. 
eventually, hopefully there will be, but not at the beginning. And watching a football game with no fans, it takes the rhythm away. There's a rhythm of when players get a first down or when the quarterbacks have to cover their ears because they can't hear the play being called in by the offensive coordinator or the head coach because of the crowd noise. Or when players put their hands in a quashing motion to get audience fans to be quiet. Or just when you hear the buzz behind the broadcasters. I get that. I was watching an old TV show. I watched some Seinfeld after having reviewed uh, the Seinfeld episode, uh, his new Netflix comedy. I reviewed that a couple episodes ago on Nothing Personal. I don't remember when. I think it was this week for sure. And so I went back to watch some Seinfeld and I was so distracted by the laugh track. If you've never watched a show on TV with a laugh track, it used to be normal when I was growing up that all TV shows, comedies on TV, would have that in the background when a joke would be told by one of the characters, you'd hear laughing. It would be as though in the middle of nothing personal, if I once said something funny, which I'm not even presuming to say that I do, but if I would ever say something that would make you laugh, that I'd say it, and then all of a sudden we'd press a button and you'd hear, <laughs> and there'd be this pause. And then the characters would start talking again. It's the most bizarre thing in the world. It's totally canned laughter. But it sounded natural, but then it went away. And then when you go back and listen to it, it sounds ridiculous. I would much rather watch Seinfeld and create my own laugh track. If I think something's funny, I'm going to laugh. If I'm laughing so hard that my belly hurts and I split my sides, I'm going to press pause. And then I'm going to finish watching when I stop laughing. And if I have to laugh again, I'll press pause again. Football, sports, when it comes back, we don't want anything fake. We worked on fake noise in Miami when we wanted more crowd noise and we felt as though that we were playing in a cavernous stadium that we'd want more noise when we had very small crowds or even in Marlins Park when you'd want to just get the noise level up if there aren't enough people to try to get a home court advantage, home field advantage. That is a different type of noise that I'm talking about. That's not a noise that would actually be noticeable. It's noticeable to the fans who are already there, and it makes them feel like there's more people there than are actually there. It's sort of like when you're losing your hair. If you can picture this, and I don't, I swear to you, I would tell you the truth. When I go bald, I'm going to go bald, and I'm going to be fine with it. But there are people who try to do the comb over, right? Look at Christian Bale's character in American Hustle, that elaborate comb over that he had that Amy Adams had to help him with and he had to use glue and all sorts of stuff. There are men who actually do that. And then there are men who just let themselves go bald and they go with it and they're fine with it. We have uh, someone we work with. His name is Mikey. He is uh, He turns 29 today. Happy birthday to Mikey. And he recently shaved his head. I don't know whether he was going bald, whether he was hot during quarantine. Coca, do you have any idea the reason? Maybe he's just going with the fact that his hair was thinning and decided that he wanted to grow a beard and then shave his head. The fact is that sometimes you just go au naturel. And when it comes to crowd noise, I think the NFL needs to take a good look with the broadcasters and say, what can we do to enhance the viewing pleasure of our audience? And it's not ambient noise. It is access to players and to the actual noises that we never get to hear. I want to hear plays that are being called in. I want to hear what players are saying on the sideline. I want to hear the sound and the grunts that go when there's a hit like James Harrison on Muhammad Massaqua. I want to see blood, sweat, and tears. Get me the high-def cameras. Make me feel like I'm there. Make me feel like I'm a part of it. 
I read somewhere where they're going to make it so maybe you can have a virtual experience. You're watching it from the fifth row or you're watching it from the 12th row or the upper deck or the lower deck or the side deck. No, I want to be on the field. I want to watch as the quarterback is rushing toward me and I'm a defensive back or as there's a big running back coming toward me and I'm a linebacker trying to make the tackle. I want to know what it's like to see what Tom Brady's looking at. Show me that angle. How does he see that open receiver and feel the fact that there's a blind side tackle coming? That's what I'm going to want to see. So Joe Buck, you're not in trouble. You're not going to get in trouble, but I can tell you that I appreciate your so you want to talk to Samson. And I also understand why you had to clarify your statement. Koki gave me a movie to watch. I watched it. I can't believe I hadn't seen this, by the way. It was called Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, both of whom are hysterical guys. I didn't realize I'd missed that movie. I recalled it. It's sometime, I can't remember the year, Coca, sometime in the 90s. He asked me to watch it and review it, so I did watch it the other day, and I found it to be absolutely unfunny. There were moments that it was okay. It looked like the precursor to some of his later movies where he used makeup to play different characters because he aged in this movie. The story about life are two men who go to prison for a crime they didn't commit because of racism. I don't think it's funny. It didn't translate well. So Lawrence and Murphy end up spending their whole lives in prison. And at the end of the movie, they break out of prison and live their life by going to a game and they get to wear makeup that makes them old. It's like when he wore makeup to play the different characters. And I think it was the Nutty Professor, where, 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 which is the Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. I can't remember which one that is, but that's where Eddie Murphy's playing every single character at the table. I just thought it was bad, but I wanted to then go forward with the top five Eddie Murphy movies because Eddie Murphy is a brilliant comedic actor, a brilliant dramatic actor, a brilliant comedian. If you've never seen his shows, Eddie Murphy Raw, Eddie Murphy Delirious, you're talking about talent, a disciple of Richard Pryor, the father of Chris Rock. I mean, we're talking about a very important person in the annals. Is it annals? Annals, annals. It can't be anal. Annals. That's funny. That sounded the same to me. I don't really know what that means. We'll have to talk about that later. Top five Eddie Murphy movies, number five. And I'm telling you that I love you. Dreamgirls. Uh, if you haven't seen that movie, you have to. You've got Jamie Foxx, Beyonce, Eddie Murphy, Jennifer Hudson. I've told you the story on Nothing Personal of the standing ovation that I gave Jennifer Hudson when I saw that movie alone in a theater when she sang the absolute go-to song. And I'm telling you that I'm not leaving I can't even imitate it. I can't sing it. It's so perfect. Standing ovation in the theater, a movie theater. Do you remember those? That's where you go and sit on dirty chairs and drop garbage on the floor that you're never going to pick up. Jerry Seinfeld had a little thing about that. Dream Girls, number five, number four, coming to America. You know, I'm sorry to put Arsenio Hall in a top four because I'm not a huge Arsenio Hall fan, but Coming to America is a movie you should see, but I want to spend time on my top three for Eddie Murphy. Number three, Beverly Hills Cop, one, not two or three, one. Number two, 48 Hours. 48 Hours is a movie with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. It may be Eddie Murphy's first ever movie. He plays a convict named Reggie Hammond who gets taken out of jail on a three-day pass to help Nick Nolte, a cop, solve a murder while saving money that he had stolen. 
And they, it's sort of the good cop, bad cop, funny cop, partners cop. It is a brilliant movie. It has aged perfectly. Annette O'Toole is in it. Annette O'Toole, who's now in Yellowstone with Tim Matheson. It's just a perfect movie, 48 Hours. So how could that not be your number one Eddie Murphy movie? Well, the answer is it's not. The perfect Eddie Murphy movie, bar none. I'm giving a look. Can you see it in the camera? If you're listening on Apple, can you, can you hear the look I'm giving? That's bacon, as in bacon, lettuce, and tomato. That's trading places, folks. Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd. Have you ever heard me bet a dollar? That's all I do is bet a dollar in the show. I talk to people. Oh, you can name this. I'll name that. I'll bet you a dollar on that. Randolph and Mortimer, the Duke brothers. That's trading places. Dan Aykroyd plays this major executive who trades places with a homeless scammer named Eddie Murphy, and they end up on a bet trading places, and Eddie Murphy turns into this great business executive, and Dan Aykroyd turns into the homeless felon. And then they realize that they were part of a sociological bet for a dollar that they could make two people switch, and you didn't need to go to an Ivy League school to run a commodities company where they would trade commodities in Chicago. It is phenomenal. Lewis, Billy Ray, Mortimer, Randolph, Jamie Lee Curtis, Topless. Trading Places is the best Eddie Murphy movie of all time. Coco, I'm glad you had me see life. I really am. I'm good with it. I'm not upset with you. I promise you I'm not. Uh, Day 61 of the ML Beer Challenge. I'm still in LA because we did the Clippers yesterday. We're going back to back because it's the Lakers. Lakers are the top. What you should be saying is, is this it for the NBA? But if you've paid attention to all the nothing personals, and many of you have, and I do appreciate that, there were two teams that were skipped because we put two charities in there that were very spur of the moment. That moment, I had just a feeling, a thought. We're giving away $1,000 a day to 100 charities, 100 days in a row. No shaving till there's MLB opening day. Please, MLB, we need opening day. Now, look at this. How do you expect me to eat without using 20 rolls of bounty? I need the picker upper in my mustache. I, at the end of meals now, use a dust buster on my chin. I'm not kidding. Rob Manford, I'm asking. I'm asking. I was there when you got elected. I was helpful. I tried. I wanted you to win. Can you please help me? Help me help you help me. So he did. He went on CNN last night. Rob Manford did. And he spoke about the return to play. I think he may have read the article we wrote on CBS this week. But I can tell you that I found it to be interesting. My initial reactions are the following. Number one. I don't know that I would have chosen CNN as my conduit to get my message out. Remember, we're not political, and I don't want to tell you which side to be on. What I do want to tell you is that when you judge people based on the network they choose to give their comments, you have closed your brain and your ears and done nothing but open your mouth. But by going on CNN in this era of such unbelievable partisanship, where if you're watching Fox, 
you will not watch CNN. If you're watching CNN, you will not watch Fox. If, <clears throat> if you're a guest on one, you're an enemy to the other. That is not what Rob Manfred should have conveyed. I was trying to think of a neutral Switzerland-like network that he could have been on, and I realized he could have come on nothing personal. Of course, I'm no Anderson Cooper. Congratulations, Anderson. He's a new dad. He announced that. I, good news, Anderson. You can't get more gray hair, so you have at your limit. It's going to be interesting. But Rob had a lot of interesting comments that I'd like every side of the aisle to listen to. Whether you're a corona hoaxer, whether you believe in the rona, whether you don't, whether you care that the economy has shut down, whether you don't or do, whether you want to get back and ignore social distancing guidelines or you don't, whether you believe that we're going to stay shut down for another month or another day or that it's been a month too long or a day too long. doesn't matter. What matters is that you listen to what Rob Manford said and understand why owners always win against players. Every time. On the player's side, you have Blake Snell on Twitch sounding absolutely moronic, tone deaf, idiocy. You've got Bryce Harper saying, that's my man. Glad someone spoke up. You've got Nolan Arenado. And Nolan Arenado is a great guy, by the way. You have him saying, I'm glad that he would speak up. And then you've got Rob Manford, who sits there and collectively explains what the position is and what he hopes will happen. The players are not unified. They don't have one voice. The voice they have is not the right tone or the right content. If you want to deliver a message to the owners and you want to put your side of the story out, you do it in an organized way from the head of your union or from a leader in your within your ranks, of which Blake Snell is not one, nor Bryce Harper, by any stretch. Rob Manford makes sure that he speaks on behalf of all owners, period. He talks about the need for testing and said there will be testing multiple times per week. There will be contact tracing. We care about the health of our players and our employees first and foremost. We will not start again until it is proper to do it, and we're going to think of everything. We're going to submit an 80-page document that goes through every possible logistical issue with restarting this season. And then we're going to take comments from the union and comments from the players, best practices. We've asked around to people who operate events. We've gone through and read articles of former team presidents. We are coming up with every possible way. He's smart to say that, smarter to do it. Smart to say that if a player doesn't want to play, you can't make them play. Very complicated issue, an entirely different segment that I'm going to do some point next week, I would assume, on nothing personal. What do you do with a player? Now, Rob Manford was clear yesterday. If a player says they do not feel comfortable playing like Blake Snell, Blake Snell said, listen, I'm not safe. Two months ago, he said he's great. You heard me say that yesterday on nothing personal. If I get corona, I get corona. Now he's saying, I'm risking my life. I'm risking my future. Both sides may be true. Doesn't matter to me. What matters is that what do you do with that player? Well, as an employer, what Rob Manfred said the baseball is going to do and the teams are going to do is they are going to try to prove to the players. And we talked it. We said it. We're going to try to prove, prove to the players that we have taken every possible precaution. We are going to make you feel safe. But after all that is said and done, if you still don't feel safe, 
You can't play. Don't play. Not going to force you to play. What Rob Manford didn't get into, because it's not appropriate right now, does that player get paid? Does that player get service time? What's the status of that player in general? Is he on the restricted list? Is he on the injured list? These are issues that must be solved before spring training starts. But when you are talking to the public and you're Rob Manford, you give a macro statement. A macro statement saying, we're sending an 80-page plan, but don't talk about it. We care about the health of the players, but don't mention how. We're definitely not going to force players to play. Don't mention whether you're going to pay them. That is how you handle messaging. And then you leave it to people like me to say, hey, there's a lot of blanks that need to be filled in. But there'll be a time and a place to fill them in. He said, I'm very confident that we will have an agreement with the players union. He doesn't say those SOBs, they got a GTOFH. Was that what we talked about earlier in the show, Coca? Those guys have to GFTOTBS. I think that's what it was. G, Coca is whispering. It's GTFOH, Samson. That's funny. Whatever. Okay. They have to GFTOH, TFHO. And there's no way that we are ever giving them anything but a revenue split. That's not what you do if you're Rob Manford. You say, of course, we're going to have an agreement. I'm fully confident that we will work through all economic issues. That's what fans want to hear. They don't want to hear that there's bickering and fighting back and forth. It's tone deaf. They don't want to hear Rob Manford complain about Tony Clark and the fact that they can't find anyone at the union to have an intellectual conversation with who they can even communicate with because there's so much anger and distrust. And that's been going on since I was in the game. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear that we are confident. I am the commissioner of baseball. I'm in a button-down shirt. I'm completely calm. And I'm telling you that I'm confident we're going to have an agreement and that there will be Major League Baseball this season. He doesn't say, listen, man, your guess is as good as mine, Anderson AC, boy. I don't know. I can't get the union to agree on anything. I don't understand what they're thinking. You think that we're going to pay them their money like Blake Snell said? Forget about it. That's not going to be helpful. But then, when he could have gotten off scot-free, Rob Manford did something that he shouldn't have done. It's my only criticism. He was asked about a season being played, a season not being played. He had an answer about how important it is to get baseball back. That is the theme that you want. We want baseball back. We are working hard to make sure that everyone is healthy and in a position to have this season. But then he said, if we cancel our season, losses for owners could be up to $4 billion. And he did that in a way trying to elicit sympathy, He tried to elicit some sort of wow factor, but instead it had the opposite reaction. That was tone deaf for Rob to say, because A, all teams are not going to lose $133 million evenly. There will be teams who lose money even when there is no season, or even if there is a season without fans, or even if there is a season with fans. But when you say the number $4 billion, You are making people, giving them the opportunity to say, hey, Rob, you guys are all billionaires. You can afford to lose $4 billion collectively. We're all out of jobs. We're all trying to do anything we can to scrape it together. 
he was doing great. The moral of the story, while I appreciate the fact that Rob likes nothing personal and understands what we're about, the last thing you do when you are talking to your public, when you're in the middle of a fight with your union, the last thing you do is say, it's just business. It's nothing personal. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 